Which recent read has left you hot bothered and spooked as fuck? Hello and welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Nikki to share some romantic suspense book recommendations. Hey there, everyone. My name is Nikki, and I am on Instagram and YouTube with the name Nikki Read That. I read all types of genres and always try to focus on backlist titles so I can make recommendations for people who may not want to break the bank by buying newer books and borrow them from their local libraries. I'm so excited to be here. When asked what I like to read, my go-to answer is always thrillers and romance. I love being on the edge of my seat and I also love seeing two people fall in love and stay in love with each other. So what better way to combine the best of both worlds and read romantic suspense? But before we jump into the recommendations, I need to know what was your last five-star read and what are you currently reading? Yeah, my last and my only five-star read so far of 2023 was the memoir of Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing by Matthew Perry which I actually really, really enjoyed. He had a a lot to say, um, and I wasn't expecting it to be so heartbreaking. But at the same time, um, he's got a better outlook on life than I was expecting him to have, too. Um, But it was a really, really good read, and I enjoyed it. Um, Are you a fan of Friends? Yeah, a huge fan of Friends. Like, it's as soon as I took it off Netflix, I literally considered canceling my account (laughs) because I was so heartbroken I was so upset Um, but it's definitely a a comfort watch for me I Mm -hmm. always gravitate towards it and so when I found out that he was doing a memoir I was kind of interested in it Um, at first I was nervous because I was like I really don't want to know the nitty-gritty like there's sometimes that it changes your view on people and you don't necessarily get like the warm fuzzy encouraging like inspiration that you're like wow they're my new favorite person, but his raw honesty and his like, don't give a fuck attitude. He's like, this is just who I am. I struggle. I have demons that I have struggled with working with for years. I think he's been to rehab. Don't quote me, but it's like something like in the thirties amount. He's been to rehab so many times and he's literally at the point in his life where he can't drink or smoke or not smoke. Well, yeah, he was smoking cigarettes like throughout his whole life. And he can't drink, smoke, use drugs anymore because they literally don't do anything anymore. And he, wow. if he were to do what he was doing before his last stint in rehab, he would probably, if he were to top that amount, he'd overdose and die in a heartbeat. Oh like, goodness, that's, that's how so he was, scary. like, doing 55 pills a day of, like, hardcore pills. And I was just like, what in the world? And he talks about, like, in the season, you can see when he's good. Because he looks healthy. He's on his game. He said anytime he had to go tea, he was on drugs. And he said that when he was super, super skinny, he was on so many pills that he was a mess. And he said when he's super, super overweight or like when he looks really overweight and unhealthy, he was drinking a lot. And so you're able to like go back through the Friends Ah. episodes and seasons and see when he was at his lowest points. So it was really, really tough. And he had said that while they were filming the Monica and Chandler getting married, he was in rehab. Like he got back from rehab right when they filmed that they'd gotten married. So it was like the highest point pinnacle point in his character's life and the lowest point in his personal life. And I was just like, wow, that's absolutely incredibly crazy to read about. So it was a really good read, but it was difficult 
really difficult. Did you listen to it or did you read it physically? I read it physically. Um, I think, I don't know if he narrates it or if he reads it. I'm not sure. That'd be something to look into for sure. Because if he he does the narration, I'd probably read it again via audiobook. But I read it physically um, on my Kindle and it was intense. It was intense. Awesome. And then I'm currently reading a couple of things. I'm reading The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. I don't want to talk about it. It's a struggle, <laughs> but I'm getting it's through huge. it. It's huge. It's ginormous. It's actually, if you think about it, the pages are hecka thick, like very pretty thick. And the font is pretty big and the margins are super weirdly huge. So okay. it's only like 800 and something pages. As soon as you take away like the glossary and how you pronounce things and the maps and the timelines and stuff, if you take all that away, it's like 800 pages. But it's a chunker and it's intimidating, but I'm trying to get through it. Um, And I'm also reading Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia, which I have opinions on, but I'm going to give it the benefit of a doubt and see if I end up liking it. I've heard it's super weird and it only stays weird and gets weirder. I loved the atmosphere in that. Yeah, it's given me a lot of um, uh, Rebecca vibes. Mm -hmm. Like, I like that and it's spooky. But I don't know if I'm vibing with where it's going, but we'll see. I've heard, yeah. I've heard good, good things and bad things about it, so I'm excited to see where I fall. Nice. Have you read anything by either Samantha Shannon before or Sylvia Moreno Garcia? I want to say I've read something by Sylvia um, Moreno Garcia before, but I want to say it was like one of her novellas, something okay. shorter. Um, does she do the one... I can't remember, but I remember the cover is this girl's face in the attic. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that's I hers can't or picture not. I it, but. I don't know. I could be confusing two authors, but yeah. um, I think I have, but it's not coming to me. But. And nothing by Samantha Shannon before? Mm-mm. No. So I've read The Bone Season by her in the second book and the third book. And I'm not a fantasy girly at all. People know this. And if you don't. Mm-hmm. You know now. Um, But for some reason, I can read her fantasy. Now, am I ever going to pick up Priority of an Orange Tree? Doubtful. (laughs) Doubtful. But never say never. So... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's it's intense. It's uh the first 150 pages for me were the hardest because there's a lot of with fantasy I have a really tough time getting into it. That's why I love thrillers so much mm-hmm. because I'm just able to be like, okay, and normally thrillers start out with the character not knowing a lot mm-hmm. and you're literally learning everything with yeah. the main character and that helps me. I don't feel so stupid. But then with <laughs> fantasy, they try to get you in the world and understanding the politics, the way the world works, the magic system, if that applies, Mm -hmm. you're trying to like learn everything while everybody else already knows it. And so for me, that's really hard to grasp onto. Um, And so the hundred, the first 150 pages for the Priory was difficult to get into. And then once you start understanding who's in what area, because they switch between like West, South, East of the world that they're in, once you start to understand who's who you're following in each area, it's a little easier to like get into it, I think. But so far that's my biggest struggle of 
2023 is priority. <laughs> you can do it. So if you're looking for ways to support the show, consider repping your favorite podcast by purchasing your very own Talk Bookish to Me baseball hat. They're available in black, pink, navy, and khaki and feature the Talk Bookish to Me logo embroidered on the front. Check it out on Instagram or linked in the show notes. And of course, the best way to join the Talk Bookish to Me family is by joining Patreon. Become a night owl for just $5 a month, gain access to the community Discord channel, and chat with other members. Nikki, why don't you get us started with your recommendations? Okay, so the first one I have is Verity by Colleen Hoover. And it's described as Lowen Ashley is a struggling writer on the brink of financial ruin when she accepts the job offer of a lifetime. Jeremy Crawford, husband of best-selling author Verity Crawford, has hired Lowen to complete the remaining books in a successful series his injured wife is unable to finish due to her being in a coma. And it's it's pretty intense. Um, this is actually a fun fact. Um, the first Colin Hoover book I ever read. Um, I never started out with her romance. I had no idea about her at all. And when I was starting to get back into reading, I heard about this. And I had heard a lot of people talking about Colleen Hoover. My sisters had read Colleen Hoover before and had talked about how great of an author she was. And so I decided to pick this newer one up. And I got it on my Kindle, my new Kindle. I was so jazzed about it. I read it in one day and I finished it at night and I was home alone and I freaked myself out so bad. <laughs> I have two cats that were running around upstairs while I was reading downstairs and I'd hear thumps and bumps and I was just like, oh my gosh, we have to bring the house down. Like, I'm so scared. It was so terrifying. Um, it's an intense read and it got me hooked on the thriller genre as soon as I read this Um Having read a lot of thriller books since this one, I'm not sure it would hold up to the five-star rating I originally gave it, but I may need to do a reread sometime and find out if it's still a hit. Well, I actually reread this book this year. Oh, and? So I have read this one before. Um, I think I it was like maybe 2019. I don't remember exactly, but I read it near like when it released and I rated it five stars, loved it. Um, and then I reread it this year and also rated it five stars again. Oh, no way. And it's funny because I remember the big plot points, reveals, twists, things like that. But there was a lot of details in there that I had forgotten. I mean, it has been several years since I read it. Right. But I enjoyed it just as much okay. the second time around. And Jesse, you know, Jesse from mm -hmm. Reading with Jess, um, she's been on the podcast before, but she's, I think, she just recently read it and it was like her fourth or fifth time rereading it. And she also loved it. But, but she read the bonus chapter. Oh. Not a fan. Not a fan of the okay. bonus chapter. I'm glad I never went out of my way to find that one. Um, I yeah. was actually trying to remember as soon as I had put it into um, to talk about today, I was thinking back on it and I was like, man, that was such a good one. And I was trying to remember certain plot point and aspects of it but then I kept getting it confused with Layla yeah, I kept like Layla's mixing the storyline it was that's another great recommendation for today I think oh yeah for <laughs> sure like it does definitely apply um and I was getting the two mixed up like I was like thinking and I was like oh man that was so crazy I couldn't believe that was what would happen and then I was like actually <laughs> no <laughs> that didn't happen in this <laughs> that that had nothing to do with this story at all. So I'm going to have to do a reread of both, I think, because I'm getting them confused. Yeah, I would love for her to write more thrillery, 
more on that end. I do love her romance books, but I, as a thriller lover, I think she balances it really well. So I would definitely like that. Um, okay, so my first recommendation, surprisingly, is going to be The Obsession by Nora Roberts. Who am I? Okay, so this was my first Nora Roberts book and it won't be my last. It starts off with quite a bang. There's um, description and detail throughout the novel that makes it play out like a movie in your head. I can see how some readers might find the romance problematic, but I know that not all love stories are going to be the way I think they should be. They're not all going to say the things how I think that they should be said. If it works for the people involved, it works for me in most cases. I personally love Xander and the mystery and crimes that begin in Sunrise Cove don't happen until well into the story. So don't expect this to be like a fast paced thrilling book. It's much more about Naomi overcoming her past and seeing what she's up to lately. So this is actually 20 years after bringing her serial killer father to justice. She begins to settle into a new life only to discover that a murderous stalker is after her. And I don't know what's happening, but I recently picked up two more Nora Roberts books at my local book exchange. I got The Witness, which fun fact is Roberts 200th novel. 200th. I'm just like, wow. And I also got Whiskey Beach. And I believe both of these are romantic suspense, but I haven't read them yet. So I don't want to recommend them. But if maybe you've read The Obsession already, maybe check out these others. Um, so yeah. I really, I was surprised. I mean, Nora Roberts is that author that you see in the grocery store, you know, and she has a million books, but I actually read one and I was like, okay, I see you, Miss Roberts. Honestly, I'm pretty sure I have a couple of her books on my TBR and I didn't realize you do see her literally everywhere. Like I see yeah. her books like at Dollar Tree or right. like all over my thrift stores that I go to. And I'm always like, dang, she's got a lot of books. I didn't realize it was 200. Yeah, there's there's even more than 200 now. Oh, man. Yeah. Um. So my next recommendation is Don't Look Now by Mary Burton. This is the second time I've read a book by this author. Um, in this one, you have Texas Ranger Carter Spencer isn't one to poach on a detective's territory. Yet no matter how resentful and capable a lone wolf like Jordan is, when she's attacked at a third crime scene and she suffers a trauma that leaves her with limited vision, it's up to Carter to help Jordan navigate a world she no longer recognizes. So we have these two like one's a detective, one's a Texas Ranger. Um, they're working on this serial case, serial killer case. They've gone to the first crime scene. They've gone to the second crime scene. And then she kind of gets to the third crime scene a little early and she suffers the trauma. Um, this book gave me Long Bright River by Liv Moore vibes. If you've read that and you enjoyed that, definitely check this one out. However, I want to caution seasoned thriller readers that the whodunit is super predictable, or at least it was to me. And I don't usually go into books trying to figure them out so much. Um, but that being said, I enjoyed the sister dynamic to the story, the grittiness of the crimes being committed, and the small romance brewing between Jordan and Carter. It's so funny because I actually tried to read this one for this uh, podcast and I got how far did I get I probably got like 40% before I was like I think I know what's going on and <laughs> so I like okay <laughs> I cheated and I looked 
Uh-huh. And I saw that I was right. And I hate knowing things because then by that point, I kind of am like, well, what's the point? And so I ended up DNFing it. But did, <laughs> what did you end up rating it? Um, I think I gave it three stars. Okay. Which means it like wasn't like an all time favorite. But I did. Like I said, I think my favorite part was the sister dynamic and like the crimes that were being committed were like. They were gruesome. rough. Yeah, they were they rough. They were rough. So if you like that greediness, like crimes that are gritty and dirty and gruesome, I liked that. Um, the romance, I wanted there to be a little bit more, to be completely honest. Uh, but I did like what we got. And I'm wondering, because I know Mary Burton is another author that has like a lot of books. Um, and like I said, I've only read one other book by her. Um, but I'm wondering if these characters show up in other books. Oh, I don't know if they do or not, but I'm wondering if they do. Yeah. So I know we've already started the recommendations, but I have to ask, have you found that romantic suspense is a genre you enjoy or not? Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) So I personally, I hate this genre. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I love romance separate and I love thriller separate. But to me, I went through, I DNF'd quite a few books while I was trying to find some books for this. Um, And mainly because either the romance was too heavy and I was like, whoa, I got the ick. Or there was, it was like the thriller of the romance was that like there was abuse. Like it was a domestic Uh. abuse thriller type of deal. And I don't care for those. I, I feel like they're all super predictable. They're super... Um, I'm not super wowed by any domestic thrillers that I have found. There's a couple that I first started reading again, like that I found while I was like trying to find my niche and find what I liked and what I didn't. And those wowed me. But as soon as you get to like the third, fourth, fifth domestic thriller, you're kind of like, okay, I get what's happening here. Like I can kind of see where this is going. Um, And so I had a really, really hard time uh, finding the romance thriller that like wowed me and that I really liked for example Verity but if I were to go like start reading Verity today having read so many other genre or so many other books in this genre and read so many thrillers and so many romances um would I still think it's amazing possibly that's why I have to do a reread but um I find that it's a little harder for me to enjoy these ones um, but yeah. there were a couple of gems that I found that I wasn't really expecting to. Um, but th- that's because they did things. I think the romance was a little bit on the back burner for the ones yeah. that I actually kind of liked the most. So I don't know. Take that with what you will. <laughs> so I think it can be done well. But so far for me, it's also not a favorite. I think sometimes it leans like one way or another too much. Like it's either too thrillery, not enough romance, or it's too too much romance not enough thriller um and I would still consider myself like newish to the genre um I have read more than I'm talking about today but I don't want to recommend those because I'm like "Eh, these are the best that I was able to come up with I have read more than this just like you've read more than this um so I feel like I'm still exploring it and maybe once you know I have read more I'll have more thoughts but as for now I will say that they don't seem to get as dark and gritty as traditional thrillers and I like the dark and gritty so anyway let's jump back into the recommendations. (laughs) Okay so one that I did find that I actually really liked is called Something in the Water by Catherine Stedman 
Aaron is a documentary filmmaker on the brink of a professional breakthrough. Mark, a handsome investment banker with big plans, passionately in love, they embark on a dream honeymoon to the tropical island of Bora Bora, where they enjoy the sun, the sand, and each other. When they decide to keep a mysterious duffel bag full of dirty money and gems, they start down a road of criminal behavior, secrets, and greed. So this one was a huge surprise for me. I picked this one up because it was actually a book club pick for my library that's in my hometown. And I was like, oh, like, that's kind of cool that it actually is a romance thriller and it fits with what I'm doing with you for the podcast. So I decided to try it out and I really enjoyed it. It started out slow, but as it built up, you could cut the tension with a knife. There was a lot of unforeseen twists. I did guess one, but it helps when the author throws twists on twists to keep you guessing. They're like, oh, yeah, you got that one, but you're not going to get the next ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had devoured this one pretty quickly. I actually really, really enjoyed it. I listened to it on audio as well, along with reading it physically. And that pairing was really, really nice. I highly recommend the audiobook. So also, Catherine Stedman is the author of The Family Game. Yes. It just recently came out. Which I didn't so know. That, so I think that that could also be romantic suspense. So if you've read something in the water, maybe check out the other one. Or if you've read The Family Game, maybe go back and check out something in the water. Great recommendation. <laughs> I haven't read either. So yeah, <laughs> I'm excited I, to try her out. I didn't even realize that she was the author of The Family Game until I saw somebody talking about it on their like list for 2022 it was I don't know what list they had it on I don't know if it was their favorite or not but they did recommend it as on their list and I was like Catherine Stedman I was like I recognize that name who (laughs) is that and I was like oh my gosh that's crazy so it actually put the family game back on my radar because I wasn't going to read it Um, but since I really loved this one I was like I should probably try more of her more of her stuff because I really thought she was she was really on point with the the way she presented the thriller and the mystery and kept it she kept kind of giving little clues and hints to where you're like "Mm, I kind of think I know what's going on here but she had so much more mystery and intrigue that made me want to keep reading because there were multiple things we had to find out it wasn't like just one who done it or who or what Mm -hmm. this is or xyz you're still trying to figure out little pieces of information from other things because you're trying to solve a couple of different things and storylines that are happening. So I thought that was really, really well done. The next recommendation I have is The Arrangement by Robin Harding. And this is a pretty woman tale turns toxic and deadly in this provocative thriller of sex, obsession, and murder. Natalie, a young art student in New York City, is struggling to pay her bills when a friend makes a suggestion. Why not go online and find a sugar daddy, a wealthy older man who will pay for her dates and even give her a monthly allowance. Going into this one, I've heard I had heard mixed things, but I loved this one. It was so good. Um, I really enjoyed the writing and the pace of the story. Plus, interesting plot, of course. I will say that the first 60% was my favorite, like the buildup, like her being in college and her friend suggesting this and her like trying to find a sugar daddy and it kind of being a little sketch, but like also fun. But I definitely want to pick up other books by this author now. I don't think I've read any other. This was my first Robin Harding book. And I know she writes, you know, not romantic suspense, but she writes normal thrillers and stuff like that. But I mean, it was a hit for me. Um, My next one, you guys have probably read this one, but I do want to mention it. The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. This is a reimagining of Jane Eyre as a modern day Southern Gothic mystery set in Alabama. 
In Hawkins retelling, Jane is struggling and a cynical former foster kid who meets the handsome and wealthy Eddie Rochester. I loved the pacing. I loved the short chapters. It has unlikable characters, which I also loved. And the twists were good. Now, obviously, were they mind blowing? The best thing I've ever read? No, because it's a little obvious. You know, just the title alone kind of gives a little bit away. But I thought it was fun. It was a fun ride. I do have this one on my TBR. I did read Reckless Girls by her. Um, not my fave. Um, not my fave either. I think I think we're kind of on the outskirts of people because a lot of people really love this one and I or loved it and I wanted to. Um, but it just fell flat for me. Like I was not digging it. And normally like a secluded thriller, like you normally, that's it. Mention just, okay. I loved the Island vibes of Reckless Girls. Me too. Island vibes. Wonderful. Loved it. But I wanted it to be darker. Oh man. It needed to be darker. It's talking about how this dark and mysterious Island that they're going to, it wasn't dark. It wasn't mysterious. It was a tropical island. Yeah, and honestly, I could give two shits about the main characters. Honestly, like, I'm so sorry, but oh, yeah. I literally did not care. And the people that they met, I didn't care either. And this isn't meant to be, like, a rant on Reckless Girls. I'm so sorry that <laughs> right. it turned into this, but Side but it really bothered me that I wanted so much more from it. So that's why I haven't picked the wife upstairs up Yeah, because I've been nervous that I'm, like, it looks really, really good. It sounds like a really cool premise, but I'm nervous that it's going to fall flat for me again. I really liked it. I think you should give it a try. I'm also probably in March going to be reading The Villa, and I've heard mixed things about it as well. I think there's going to be some stories that work mm-hmm. and some stories that don't, but I just, I'm always willing to give her a try because I feel like her writing is really easy to get into. It's so true. So, it's just like Riley Sager. And I fly Sager. through them. Yeah, just like Riley Sager for me. Like, I feel like she's kind of an auto pickup for me because I love her writing style. Her writing style is good. And I feel like there could be a gem. I just haven't found it yet from her. But the villa I've also wanted to pick up. And I actually have it on my Kindle somehow. I don't know if like I ordered it and just like. <laughs> You're like, I don't remember. I don't I know. <laughs> it just happened to be on my Kindle one day. I was like, I have the villa and I've been too scared to pick it up. But um, I might, I don't know. I might just be, I might have to well, read it with I you. I definitely recommend The Wife Upstairs. Okay, yeah. And the fact that you like it will probably bode well for me because we're pretty similar yeah. in, ter- in terms of mm-hmm. that stuff. So I'll have to pick it up and just bite the bullet. Yeah. Um. So my other one was When No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. An engaging mystery thriller that quickly escalates as it seeks to answer two seemingly unrelated questions. What is the history of Sydney's childhood neighborhood and, as she and that neighborhood face the realities of gentrification that are very literally knocking on their front doors, where exactly are her former neighbors going after they leave? I had a good time with this one. I was expecting a little more of a thriller aspect from it, but it was good. There were some good conversations it brought up, such as real-world issues and social injustice. I definitely found the characters to be likable. However, the villains were a little too villainous and came off a little unbelievable as a result. If this was to be made into a TV or sh- TV show or something, I'd be all over it. Yeah, I also read this one and I really enjoyed it as well. I wasn't hearing the best things about it, but I was so I was pleasantly surprised by it. I was like, wow, what are you guys talking about? This was amazing. Um, I loved it. 
because it talks about something that I haven't read a lot of, which is the gentrification of neighborhoods and stuff like that. And my parents live right outside Baltimore. And I know this happens a lot there um, where these neighborhoods, you know, go through this and stuff like that. Um, so it was just very interesting to read. Um, and I loved the romance side of it, too. So I think this did the really good balance of like you're dealing with these, like you said, the social injustices and the real world issues. But then you have this like cute little side romance going. So this was a perfect recommendation. Yeah, I really actually enjoyed this one. Um, it it did not have the best reviews, but I did have it on my TBR. Um, and so I was like, well, I might as well just read it. The audiobook was available and it was really it's a relatively short book, too. So if you're mm-hmm. looking to like cram one in to meet your goals and stuff like that this one actually had a very good conversation um I wasn't expecting that honestly I didn't know much going into this one like I normally do especially with thrillers I don't look into a lot of reviews I don't read the back of the books I've been burned so I didn't know a lot going into this one but even just the beginning few chapters you're like okay I can see that this is going to have more of a social commentary and I appreciated that because um Obviously, I don't really understand a lot of that stuff, um, Mm -hmm. being as I've never dealt with that type of trauma and like having to pick up and move from your home and um, just because it's being predominantly white, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. that's a a situation I can't speak to. But I thought it was super interesting to have this in a thriller book so that you're kind of able to see um, you're able to get that real view of the real world and stuff and things that we wouldn't understand, but also having it in a way that is understandable to me and mm-hmm. makes it even um, a little bit more sinister. And um, yeah, I thought it was a, a really good read. I was actually pretty surprised by it. Yeah. Another thing I think she did really well is she tackled kind of one issue. I find that sometimes um, thrillers specifically try to, if they're going this social justice route, they're trying to tackle too many things. And I'm like, yes, all of these things are valid. All of these things need to be talked about. But like, I'm getting whiplash. You talking about all these different things where she narrowed in on the one. And I think that's why it worked. I'd, I'd have to agree with that, too. Um, I do feel like sometimes um, it's too overwhelming for me to get all of these things. I'm like, dang, you're right. Like, yes, that is something that needs to be talked about. It is something that needs to be more... Um, more accessible for readers to understand and know and be represented in. But I feel sometimes that they're trying to do too much. And I'm like, you could separate these five topics and write some five really kick-ass books that you can focus solely on these things. And, and it'd be so much more impactful because you're able to Mm -hmm. really hone in on that one topic and really, really verse that and I loved how she used the main character to get her point across instead of having like this commentary of like the narrator Mm -hmm. being like you know on the soapbox that sometimes happens Mm -hmm. um not saying it's not important but it also is so much more impactful when it's the main character trying to voice these things to other people Mm -hmm. and being like no this is what I believe yes yeah exactly so I really appreciated the fact that she used the main character um, to get her commentary across. Um, my next recommendation is Bathhouse by PJ Vernon. And this book stressed 
me out, but in the best way possible. It's a story that will grip you right from the beginning, and it has a memorable, explosive ending. Um, seasoned thriller readers will not be as shocked by some of the reveals, but it's a fun ride nonetheless. Um, Bathhouse follows a young gay man in a perfect marriage who will do anything to keep a dangerous indiscretion from his loving husband. And then my next recommendation is The Girl in 6E by A.R. Tori. I literally could not come on here and not mention this book. Um, this leads the reader into the warped mind of Deanna Madden, a beautiful recluse with a thirst for murder. Just the thought of physical human contact, any human contact, drives her imagination wild with visions of plunging knives into flesh, slow deaths, and blood-curdling screams. I read this book several years ago, like several. I feel like I was like the first uh, in my circle of friends to read this book. And it still remains one of my favorites. It was so intense. Um, I did continue in the other books in the series. And for years, I waited for the author to write more. She still hasn't. Um, <laughs> but I would love it. Um, it's graphic. It's vulgar. And it talks about explicit sex on the very first page. So if you're not into that, you're not going to like this book. However, if you're down to read about a murderous cam girl trying to solve a mystery from the comfort of her apartment, then I'd highly recommend this one. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> sounds intense. I have heard of this book um, and the cover for me, it's a turnoff. That's why I haven't ever picked oh, it really? up because yeah. I don't like the cover. Um, and I, again, I don't look into synopses or anything like that for most books that I read. So um, dang, I might pick it up. Who knows? I mean, you should. Like, I don't really, honestly, I only remember the first book, even though it's like the whole series was like a five out of five stars for me. The first, it's like three books, but the first book obviously sticks in my mind the most. Um, so good, y'all. So good. It must have had quite the impact on you it on did. 2016, <laughs> Gwen. <laughs> for sure. I need to reread it. That's one I would love to reread and see if I love it as much. But then I'm scared that I won't or something, you know? Yeah, so that's I don't know. Why... Maybe I'll just live with that thought. In yeah, that's why I usually don't re re go like I don't retouch five star reads. I know that you do every year. You start off your year reading a previous yeah. five star so you kind of know what to expect. But for me that would scare me so bad because I'm like, what if what if I don't like it the same way? And then I'm like, dang, that would break my <laughs> yeah. heart. Um, so the last one I'm going to recommend is a little bit of a doozy. Um, it's called Does It Hurt by H.D. Carlton. This is about a woman named Sawyer. She's an identity thief and she has several victims in her wake. She left her home a long time ago due to some traumatic events and is on the hunt for her next, uh, her next like identity victim. She meets Enzo and after a steamy evening together, she steals his identity and disappears, or so she thinks. After Enzo discovers she stole from him, he sees her on the beach and decides to pretend to be oblivious to the crime that was committed. He offers to take her on a boat ride and plans to get his revenge. After Enzo confronts her, though, a storm comes through and they end up shipwrecked on an island together. And here's the thing. I'm gonna Okay, I'm just gonna stop you because this sounds so okay, good. I'm... But I already know I kind of know your thoughts a little bit. And <laughs> but it sounds so good, so I know why you picked it's, it up. Honestly, 
It sounds amazing. It honestly, and the whole, it was, okay, I'm just going to, we're just going to get into it because it start, it, the premise sounds amazing. And I didn't even know mm-hmm. all of that when I went into it, because like I said, I do not read the synopsis. So I didn't even know. I knew that she was a, a thief, but I didn't know like what kind of thief. So the fact that she was like stealing people's identities, I was like, that's kind of cool. It starts out super um, vague and um, super interesting and dark and descriptive of like how she steals people's identities. She sleeps with them the night before and then she steals their identities. And then she like lives this life off of their money and they typically don't even know what had happened. Um, but then I DNF'd at 27%. I was so into this for a while and thought the mystery of what happened in Sawyer's past and the identity theft crimes she commits were super interesting, but that didn't change some of the cringy moments for me enough to make me want to continue with it. I know that this book has a specific audience, okay? A very specific audience. It is a dark thriller romance. Dark emphasis on the dark romance, okay? Emphasis on that romance. Um <laughs> Read the trigger warnings because there were some things that were pretty um, ick to me, but would reach a specific audience for that specific thing. Um, There's a lot Mm -hmm. of people who love the dark, smutty romance that love this book, but I'm not one of those individuals. There are a couple of moments that Enzo ignores Sawyer when she tells him to get off of her or Mm -hmm. she doesn't want this or that to happen to her when he's trying to get his revenge uh, on her in the boat. He does this thing that is super like, super inappropriate in my opinion that really turned me off to everything that was happening that I liked in the book and some people are like you know that's hot and some people also like for Sawyer in some of the situations for her she is saying no but she does want it so there is it's like a muddy it's a muddied water I hate that like so much because I'm like if you want it say you want it if you don't want it say you don't want it it was a lot and for me there were parts where I was like, okay, I can like kind of see where she's coming from on that. Like, okay, I can kind of see that she is enjoying it, but she's just saying she doesn't want to. Because they did like this hate to love type of deal. Um, and that's what it's it's um, projected as. is It's actually advertised as a hate to love romance. Um, which normally, okay. But um, in this instance, when he blatantly disrespects her and... Um, and not in the hot way. And he's like really yeah. forcing himself on her and doing things to her that I was like, whoa, dude, like that's crime. But again, it's just not for me. I haven't tiptoed into that realm of uh, romance. So for me, it gave me the ick. But for some people, people are like, yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not in, I'm, yeah. You're not the audience for that I, for one, one was not <laughs> yeah. into reading stuff like that. But that's a fault of mine, too, because I didn't look into the trigger warnings. I should right. have done more research, and that could have been completely avoidable. Although I will say yeah. that I really was intrigued by the thriller aspects of this. And I wish mm-hmm. I would have stuck it out to see what happens as they're on the island. Um, they had yeah. just shipwrecked, and they had met this really creepy old guy, and they were staying in his cabin. And he only has a one room with one bed. Uh, that they could share and so I know that there was going to be more that delved into that but I wasn't gonna be I mean worth checking out if it's not gonna be triggering to you that's does it hurt by H.D. Carlton I think 
I might actually check yeah, it you out. Should. Like, um, I think like dark romance, smutty romance is like a thing. And that goes back to what I say. Like, while it might not be my personal mm-hmm. kink, <laughs> it could be yours. Yeah. And <laughs> so like I said, it just really there's depends. There's a lot of people who love this book. I actually saw it on um on a Facebook group called Big Book Energy. Um, and it's oh, this girl okay. who um she's famous on TikTok. Um, her name's Kira. And she is all about the smutty books. She's all about them. And she has such an uh, inviting and energetic personality that you just love to watch her stuff. And so I saw this book recommended on that group. And I looked into it knowing full well that this group of ladies that are in this group <laughs> um, are super into the smut. They love the smut. And that's great. Um, I'm just trying to dive a little bit more into it because I'm like... I could try it and see what what's the hype about. Yeah. Um, and they recommended. See, here's the the level of what they do. They recommend stuff like this, which I was mm-hmm. like, "Whoa, that's intense!" And then they recommend stuff like Thousand Boy Kisses" by Tilly Cole, and I'm like, "Where <laughs> are we at? Like from <laughs> from like." strong on the kinks to like fuzzy romance that like makes you cry because it's so emotionally turmoil um and so yeah um it was quite the trip (laughs) that's funny (laughs) so i have a couple more recommendations next is mr perfect by linda howard um turning to her neighbor an unpredictable police detective for help janie must unmask a killer to save her friends and herself now knowing whom to trust and whom to love is a matter of survival as the dream of mr perfect becomes a chilling nightmare if you can get over some of the cringe of the outdated parts of this book um it does have a twist that i didn't see coming and it had a fun romance between one of the women who made the list and her neighbor the dialogue between sam and janie is funny and sometimes sexy the way he takes care of her is still my favorite part of the book so for this one i would would say I wasn't really interested in the thriller part of it. I didn't really care. I was into it for the romance. And this one, I believe it was written in like, don't quote me, but I think it would like came out in 2000, but it felt like it came out in 1980. Like it was dated. Like some of the stuff that they were talking about, I was like, what century are we in? Because like, this is not good, but I feel like this is where like romantic suspense started. It felt like to me, I was like, this is where we started. Okay, this is where we're going now, you know? So it was interesting. And yeah, so if you want to check out something that maybe you haven't checked out before, Mr. Perfect by Linda Howard. Now, the last book that I'm going to like fully recommend is a new release, a new read. It's called What Lies in the Woods by Kate Alice Marshall. This is her um, adult debut. She's written a couple of YA books. Um, This is a thrilling novel about friendship, secrets, betrayal, and lies, and having the courage to face the past. If you like thrillers and mysteries that keep you on your toes, look no further. This is the book for you. Um, I will say this one is probably less likely to be classified as romantic suspense um, by like the gurus out there that are policing this genre. (laughs) But like I said, I don't know the rules that govern the subgenre, but if it's the mold, in my opinion, um, it had so many great things going for it. It has a small town setting, murder, betrayal, secrets, lies, and tons of twists and reveals that will leave your mind reeling. Quickly, some other recommendations. In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife by Ashley Winstead. It's more dark academia, but it does have a romance in it. And Behind Her Eyes by Sarah Pemborough, which I know some people love, some people hate, but 
It kind of fits the vibe in my opinion. So that wraps up our romantic suspense recommendations. If you need more recommendations, reach out to me on Instagram and let me know what you're looking for. Subscribe to Talk Bookish to me and stick around because I have amazing guests like Nikki and great topics like today's um, lined up all year long. Be sure to tag at Talk Bookish Podcast and at Lavender Mud in your listening selfies and stories on Instagram. If you'd like to be on the show, there is a form that you can fill out to let me know that you're interested and I will get back in touch with you. I have already started scouting guests for 2024. Um, I like to do this way in advance. I'm one of those crazy planner people. So if you're interested, make sure you find the form on my Instagram, fill it out. And like I said, I'll be in touch with you. Thanks again for joining me today, Nikki. It's always a pleasure to have you on. I think this is our third. Our third one. I appreciate the fact that you keep inviting me on. Like I honestly am like, did that go okay? And you keep being like if you want to do another one and I'm always down for it every single time I had a really good time especially with these like um these genres that we're having to look for specifically I'm having a really good time figuring out what works for me and what doesn't so I really appreciate the fact that you keep asking me to do these little like tests um because it's actually (laughs) helping curb me into uh what I actually like and don't like so I appreciate it Yeah, thanks for being here. Talk Bookish to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. The link for Patreon is in the show notes along with Nikki's social media. Until next time, happy reading.